From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. I'm, I'm going to do my darndest to bring you uh, an exemplary program. If it fails, <laughs> it won't be my guest's fault because she always brings an A game. Uh, we're going to talk about chemtrails tonight. This is something I've talked about in the past. Actually, George reminded me. I did a program on chemtrails about two years ago. It's time we revisit, and I'll tell you why. I've been getting a lot of emails, and also, uh, thanks to Twitter, uh, people are sending me photographs, uh, just stopping the car and looking up in the sky and taking with their cell phones, cameras, uh, these incredible pictures of these strange patterns. We've all seen them by now. These strange uh, crisscrossing uh, patterns in the sky these white contrails, one would normally think, jet exhaust, condensation trails, uh, but strange patterns, like someone's playing a game of X's and O's in the heavens, and they don't dissipate quickly. They last for hours, and then sometimes they'll spread out, and then a couple hours later you look up and the what was once this brilliant azure sky is now covered in this strange haze. Not those big Homer Simpson-type clouds. You remember the, 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 the opening credits on The Simpsons? Those, a, a Homer Simpson sky, that's the kind of sky I remember as a child. You don't see that anymore, or rarely. What are those crisscrossing contrails all about? We're going to find out. It's called geoengineering, folks. And you're going to learn tonight who's spraying them, and why, and perhaps most importantly, what we can all do about it. I'm about to welcome a journalist and author who's going to discuss precisely that. In fact, she came of political age during the COINTELPRO decade of Vietnam, street riots, political assassinations, and all-night rap sessions about the downfall of the establishment. Researching Sub Rosa America included discovering how deeply her U.S. Navy father was enmeshed with the very military-industrial complex she was writing about. And like the characters in the book, learning how every major event and personality in the United States political establishment over the past 40 years is tied in one way or another to the assassination of John F. Kennedy in Dallas. She has a B.A. in creative writing and wrote her master's thesis on uh, historiography. Having written for progressive causes all her life, she also ghostwrites, and she also serves as editor of a very fine publication, Paranoia Magazine. A great delight to welcome Ilana Freeland to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, Ilana. How are you? Hi, Richard. Good to hear from you. Good to have you on the program. Uh, let's start with a definition for those uh, not familiar. Let's pretend that someone listening tonight has never heard of a chemtrail. Uh, what is your definition? Well, I can characterize it, and many people look up in the sky, and they see these long trails, and they immediately think it's just more jets, either commercial jets, maybe military jets. Uh, but if a contrail, which is a, a moisture condensation, is not formed at a certain altitude, um, it is not really uh, water condensation. And what we're seeing, these long-lasting contrails, persistent contrails, some call them, uh, these are 
what the slang term chemtrails is indicating. And some people are calling them aerosols. Um, either way you look at it, it's not enough. You have to go into it in order to see who's laying these trails, what they're for, and what's in them that is slowly uh, filtering down into our world on the surface. Well, since jet uh, jet travel became sort of de rigueur sometime, I guess, in the late 50s, you know, with Pan Am and so forth, you would think if they were simply condensation trails, uh, we would have noticed similar patterns, you know, dating back 50, 55 years. But really, people have only started to take notice of these since, what, the mid-90s? That's right. Uh, because even though they were doing some of this geoengineering, as you call it, or uh, the other term would be stratospheric aerosols, they were laying them back in the 50s and 60s. Uh, a lot was going on during the Cold War. But they really stepped it up when the counterpart of the chemtrails was brought online. And I'm talking about HARP. The uh, high frequency, high uh, frequency active auroral research project up in Gakona, Alaska. This is an array that of radio. Really, this is an array of radio antennas up in the Copper Valley, which is designed to yes. do what? Yes, and um, it was supposedly when it came online uh, in about '95. It actually came a little sooner, as do many military projects, than the public was informed of. Um, it was dubious to people up in Gakona, Alaska, and one of those was a sharp uh, naturopathic doctor named uh, Nick Begich. And Nick lived near it, and he is the first one who came out with a book on the project, and he called it Angels Don't Play This Harp. That was published in 1995, and that was the very first thing I read in 1996, before that, I had no idea. I was researching very different things than uh, what was going on in the sky over my head. So HARP, and we'll get back to HARP in a, in a little bit later, but HARP working in concert now with this aerosol chemtrail spraying campaign is what's really uh, taking place today. But, but back to the, the, uh, the contents of these chemtrails. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I traveled to, to Southern California a few years ago for the TV program, and I spoke to some researchers on the ground, and they were testing well water, they were testing soil, and the thing that, that, that jumped out at them, just the levels of aluminum oxide off the chart, off the chart, Alana. What, yeah, what 6,000 times uh, what the norm was. And, and this is, this, is there any other plausible explanation for aluminum oxide getting into the soil. I mean, it does occur naturally in some degree, but not to explain 6,000, 6,000% hikes in, 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 in the content, I'm guessing. No, no, nothing else explains it. I mean, if you live in an industrial area, you might make a case for aluminum oxide coming from some of the industrial pollution. But in most of these places, and Dane Wigington uh, speaks very much about this in the work that he does and uh, in Mike Murphy's 
film, Why in the World Are They Spraying? It's pretty much the entire, uh, the entire case is built upon this spreading of aluminum, and then there are two other things coming down, and that would be uh, the barium and the strontium. And so with the aluminum oxide, though, what you're looking at is a heavy metal. It's reflective. And um, it is uh, ground down to nanoparticle size. I mean, tiny, tiny, tiny. And what the military used to call chaff during the Cold War, um, yes, this is in part what they're doing now. They're dropping chaff on us that is basically nanoparticle, aluminum, barium, and strontium. And each one of those plays a different role for a different military purpose. Um, I think we need to bring in, before we just go further into, and I do want to talk about barium for sure, does anyone um, remember uh, a, uh, something that came out back in the 90s, 1996? It was called New World Vistas, Air and Space Power for the 21st Century. It was put out by the U.S. Air Force Scientific Advisory Board, and it detailed three imminent revolutions uh, in military. One was called actually Revolution in Military Affairs, RMA. It was about asymmetric warfare. It was about what is called full-spectrum dominance. And what full-spectrum dominance means is that everything in life should be weaponized so that it would uh, increase superiority in the coming space age. And um, the other two were the geopolitical revolution of a single dominant global power not seen since Rome. And that's straight from the document, not seen since Rome. Uh, and then the other third part would be the information revolution, particularly a dissemination. So really what we're looking at now uh, is a single dominant power since the Cold War ended in 1991. And um, if I, I know a lot of people are confused as to how this technology, which I'm, I'm hope, hoping to elucidate this hour, how this could be allowed in the world and how no one can really stop it or deter it. And it is because of this single power not since Rome that has, um, has been allowed, uh, as you know, we're trillions of dollars in debt to supposedly the Chinese, they have all our bonds. Uh, wh why are we allowed to continue and why is our military allowed to uh, dominate in the full spectrum in every way possible? And that, that is the question that um, led me to write this book is, Yes, I am not a plasma physicist. Uh, on the other hand, there are so many expert scientists now who are either losing their lives, losing their jobs, or are uh, in fear and saying nothing that really the ball has been put in the court of the common people like me. Ilana Freeland and is with I, us. Ilana, we'll, uh, we'll take a time out. We'll come back. And I want to drill down a little bit deeper into uh, the nature of chemtrails before we get into uh, the, the, the who and the why. Uh, we are speaking about geoengineering, aerosol, chemtrail, spraying, and harp. Ilana Freeland on the line. Glad you're with us. Back with more in a moment. Thank you. 
The truth will set you free, but first, it'll really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Ilana Freeland is here, editor of Paranoia Magazine, and she's currently working on a magnum opus uh, dealing with aerosol, chemtrail, spraying, and harp. Uh, but Ilana also emailed me uh, earlier in the week with a horrible story out of Bakersfield, California, where no fewer than nine police officers uh, took their batons and literally beat a man to death who is apparently intoxicated, although that wouldn't excuse for a minute what, what transpired just moments later when police arrived, one of them uh, with a canine unit, and, and basically sicked his uh, German shepherd on this man. The man was heard from across the street. People were awoken from their from their beds because of the sound of the batons cracking against this man's head. The man died, and police then started confiscating eyewitnesses' cell phones and uh, going into their houses without warrants, demanding cell phones. Uh, just a horrible, horrible story. And uh, I contrast that with a picture of a, a police officer here in Toronto, one of Toronto's finest, uh, who was, uh, didn't know anyone was around. He actually was seen bending over and tying a homeless man's shoes. Uh, which just goes to show you, you know, uh, in, in the, uh, in the police, uh, forces around North America, we have angels and we have demons. And let's all pray that the angels outnumber the demons. Alana Freeland is here talking, uh, chemtrail spraying. Uh, Elena, let's just talk for a moment more about the aluminum oxide because this is important. Uh, I, I remember speaking to someone who had been out to, up to Mount Shasta. This is a pristine area of California. And again, the aluminum oxide uh, in the soil was just off the charts. And an official was questioned about this and they tried to explain it away by suggesting that the skis, of course, a lot of people do cross, cross country and downhill skiing in Mount Shasta. The skis were responsible. The shavings were coming off the skis. I, I mean, that is just beyond the pale <laughs> ridiculous. But the other th- interesting thing is I, 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 I've seen is the, the, the rates of Alzheimer's and dementia in, in and around uh, Los Angeles County. I've seen the stats. It's at epidemic levels, and and there is a, a relationship between aluminum oxide and Alzheimer's. Uh, I mean, what more do people need to know? There is. You're right. And and then uh, another important facet of this is that the aluminum oxide is uh, alkalinizing the soil to the point that, uh, and it's a desiccant, so... The vegetation is uh, is turning brown. Whole forests, says Dane Wigington, are turning brown and dying. Um, and the aluminum, I mean, if you think about it, would they be spreading aluminum to do that? I mean, there are actually people who think that. Um, in a way, it could be because when organic farmers are driven out, uh, of their land because they, their soil no longer can produce the quality of vegetables that they could sell as organic, then they're, they're strapped for cash and in swoop the agribiz uh, vultures to buy up the land for a song and turn it into another big giant agribiz. And in a way, that is true. People are being driven 
from their farms. This has been going on for a long time. And no doubt Monsanto... Oxide just adds a new facet. And no doubt Monsanto or Dow has come up with a, a special seed that just thrives in highly alkanized soil. Yes, it's aluminum resistant. And uh, if, if that seems like a coincidence, I can say to your listeners, I no longer believe in coincidences. Nor I. Uh, that is definitely the plan. And barium, barium has been linked with uh, high blood pressure and, and, and heart disease, uh, has it not? Yes. Again, that is not the reason that they're dumping barium on us. The barium is a fabulous conductor for communications. And this is really the most interesting part to me because, to my mind, uh, the what in the world and why in the world are they spraying films, which are both free on the Internet, by the way, not to be missed. Uh, they go very deeply into the aluminum side, but the barium has to do with communications. And now we're in the land of military, and that's called, I think it's called C3I or C34, or, or C4 now. It is uh, communications, and um, there are many, many facets to that communications. As you know, everyone's going wireless. And it's a wireless world. And for the military, which has its, its own frequencies, uh, it, they, they want as many bands as possible for all of their, I mean, all the way from drones and, uh, you know, the UAVs up in the air spying on us uh, to uh, things going on in, in, in real war theaters, such as in uh, Syria or the, or the Middle East. So the barium is very important for that. That we are suffering from the barium by breathing it in and it's, it's coming in through our skin because the skin is a respiratory organ. Oh, well, you know, there's always collateral da damage to the American military and that's uh, not something to really uh, keep from doing something for. One of the things... That's really going on. Alana, one of the things that... Uh we heard, and again, Michael Murphy brought this out in, in, in What on Earth Are They Spraying, uh, that someone attended this geoengineering conference that was taking place, I believe, down in San Diego a few years ago. And there the scientists were talking about this master plan, this last-ditch last effort to thwart the effects of global warming. Uh, and that would be if they could suspend these aluminum oxide particulates in the atmosphere for long enough. It would uh, it would cause the, uh, the, the the rays of the sun to reflect back up into the atmosphere, uh, and and this might as as uh, you know it's kind of a hail mary pass, but it might it might uh, forestall uh, global warming, uh, and even though they realize that pumping millions of tons, literally millions of tons of aluminum oxide, would have a huge impact on the health of the population. They said, one day we might have to do this. But some are theorizing that the scientists were basically telling us, well, we're telling you we might do it in the future, but we're really doing it right now. What do you feel? What do you think about that? Oh, I, I think you're right. That's exactly what's going on. In fact, I comment on that in the book that, you know, everything's in the subjunctive as if it were all in the future. It's being done now and, um, as far as the reflective, reflecting sunlight to prevent global warming, this is a real conundrum. And unless you go deeply into uh, Bernard J. Eastland's patent for HARP, 
you cannot understand what this, quote, global warming means, because what we're seeing now is extreme weather. And as you know, they're shifting from the term global warming to the, the more uh, roomy, uh, innocuous term of climate change. And this is because this cirrus cloud cover that we're all under, and if you're seeing azure blue skies up there in Canada, down here we're not seeing any of that anymore. We're seeing a pale blue hazy sky almost every day. And uh, this has to do with the uh, the the spraying and the idea that the aluminum and barium would then, then, because they're both highly reflective, that they would be reflecting sunlight back. The truth is that the cirrus cloud cover is incubating us, and with the added uh, the ionization going on because of HARP and other ionospheric heaters in the world, uh, we are actually in a sort of Faraday cage now and being uh, baked. However, that global warming, this is the real global warming, the, the warming that HARP is producing through these heavy metals in our air, and that is how it happens. These just get ignited because they're, the electrons are moving so fast, it's all ionized, we're breathing ionized air now, and they can take that with HARP, which has a steering and a mirror capability, and they can produce weather systems, they can um, bring snow, what was it recently, it was uh, three feet of snow on on our Memorial Day weekend, uh, and in, uh, I can't remember where, Vermont or was it in the Midwest, I mean, so many of these extreme weathers are being produced because of the, in my mind, and I this is the case I make in the book, because of experimentation necessary to learn how to use this tool of weather manufacture for the sake of warfare, etc. And the story of geoengineering and ameliorating geo, uh, the global warming, that is a cover story beyond belief. And I can't even listen to David Keith uh, or, or, or Ken Caldera. I can't listen to scientists who have been embedded in the uh, military establishment lie to the people. Maybe they don't know they're lying. Maybe they believe what they've been told. But then well, where is their science then? Because it's obvious that global warming is being created by this, uh, what I call a, a, a one-two punch of chemtrails and harp. That's how I see it. Ilana Freeland is with us. We're discussing geoengineering, aerosol, chemtrail spraying, and HARP, and she is uh, writing a major uh, book about this very topic. When can we expect that uh, to be uh, published, Ilana? I'm writing it for Feral House Press, and Adam Parfrey has assured me that it will be out in 2014, and my hope is spring 2014. Not a moment uh, too soon. You, you were mentioning the weaponization uh, and, and there was a, a defense white paper back, I guess, in the, I'm not sure when, maybe the late 80s, and they talked about uh, the name of the, the white paper was Owning the Weather by 2025. Uh, That's right. And weather a, is a force multiplier. Mm-hmm. Yes, apparently they're way ahead of schedule. Way ahead, and they normally are. So uh, spell it out for us, Ilana, then. If, if the uh, thwarting global warming by 
uh, spraying these aluminum particulates is a mere cover story, and I agree with you, then what is the main objective? Is the depopulation or the causing, you know, chronic illnesses just an, in, an, an intended or unintended consequence? Uh, but what is the main goal here? Well, I, I see several things, and um, if I were to uh, just read the chapter titles, it'll be very evident. Um, okay, first, weather. Uh, the ability to control weather is a force multiplier. And again, remember that very, very important military policy of full-spectrum dominance. Full-spectrum dominance is why uh, a lot of anthropologists and a lot of universities and, and, and many disparate subjects that you wouldn't think had anything to do with warfare have all been uh, uh, weaponized. And um, this is part of the revolution in military affairs. So weather control number one. Then, um, then there's the weather derivatives. And again, uh, why in the world goes into this very well? There is a Wall Street uh, objective to make money off of uh, weather futures. And there's an in-crowd that includes insurance uh, people, uh, you know, calamity insurance people. It includes uh, uh, all the hedge funds and, and the slick guys on Wall Street all uh, hoping, vying for an inside track on what HARP's plans are for the weather. Because uh, some people, when I tell them that I believe that Katrina, Sandy, uh, and this latest tornado uh, uh, in, in the tornado alley down in Oklahoma, these tornadoes, that these are all HARP experimentation. Why would they do it to our own country, they say? Well, you know, there's a variety of reasons. Along with the weather derivatives, you've got to think, how would this make money? And what I name in, in the book is uh, Naomi Klein's excellent study of disaster capitalism. And that's what we have here. We have uh, two things going on. One, we need, you know, military says we need to experiment with this stuff. And we can't go to Canada and do it. We can't go to South America and do it. That'll create an international incident, so let's do it at home. At the same time, what can we do that we really want to um, change in our country? Well, you know, it'd be nice to redo that port down in, in uh, New Orleans. It'd be nice to redo the New York, New Jersey port, too, clean it up a little bit. So we'll move the weather systems in there uh, and uh, experiment, testing. They need lots and lots of tests to understand how to handle hurricanes, how to handle tornadoes. And, you know, I haven't even gone to Fukushima at this uh, point. I mean, yeah. let's take a time out. Uh, I wrote... Hold on, Ilana. I got to jump in here. I apologize. I got to jump in. We'll take a time out. That's okay. And uh, we'll come back. I'm just, you know, my my cynical brain racing here, thinking how else could they use this? Let's suppose some congressman down in uh, in Southern California is not voting the way they're supposed to on some appropriations bill, so he decided to bring horrible drought conditions to their region. Uh, as punishment. Let's find out if that's possible. Ilana Freeland on geoengineering, aerosol, chemtrail spraying, and harp right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't you dare go away. Curiosity? Or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. To talk to Richard, 
Call 416-360-0740. Just to spell back, I mentioned those devils with the Bakersfield Police Department who beat uh, a man to death. Uh, father of three uh, beautiful young girls. I've posted that story on uh, my homepage at richardserrett.com. I just wanted to, to draw your attention to that. And if you have a chance to visit the uh, the website, click on that story and, and read it. It's not pleasant, but uh, some for, sometimes we uh, we really have to uh, confront the ugly truth with eyes wide open uh, rather than avert our gaze. That's just part of being human. Uh, right now, Ilana, <clears throat> excuse me. Getting uh, kind of choked up about that. and uh, Anyway, Ilana Freeland is uh, with us as we're discussing geoengineering, aerosol, chemtrail, spraying, and HARP. Uh, Ilana, one of the things that uh, people, when they're emailing me, uh, dozens and dozens every week now, and many of them with pictures uh, of uh, these strange chemtrail formations in the sky, and they'll say that they'll, they'll call the, uh, the airport, They'll call the local uh, newsroom at the TV station or the radio station or the city desk at the newspaper, and they'll say, what's going on? Uh, and <clears throat> they'll basically uh, be answered with silence or ridicule. And the thing is, uh, if this spring is going on, somebody knows about it, obviously. Uh, but but it, it's still at that level of, you know, here you are on the conspiracy show and, and uh, people sometimes say when they come on this program, geez, you know, I'm talking about an important issue and I don't want it to get lumped in with all these other conspiracies. But this truly is a conspiracy. There is a conspiracy of yeah. silence going on. And people cannot get information from the people that are entrusted to safeguard our safety and our health. That's what's got me so riled up. Yes, and and um, I think it would help people if they could compare it with the Manhattan Project, which uh, I believe it is Manhattan Project too. This this technology, electromagnetic technology, I call it uh, in the title of the book, which is just a working title at this point, but it's called Chemtrails and Harp, Persistent Contrails, Aerosols, and the Tesla Death Star, and it, this is this is how. We will be remembered for this era. It will be the electromagnetic era, whereas the last one with Manhattan Project 1 was the nuclear era. And if people recall, most people are too young to recall, but it was highly secret. It was absolutely unspoken of. And, um, and scientists were silenced. They signed confidentiality agreements upon which the lives of them and their families depended. So um, we're there again, and the fact that there's so much silence in uh, in the airports, uh, weather stations, etc., it isn't just ignorance. Now it may be ignorance among the the lower members, uh, workers at these places, but among the high uh, members, we have some. I think uh, Will Thomas in his book Chemtrails Confirmed quoted a few guys from airports that said that, um, you know, and, and who worked for airlines, that they had been forced to sign confidentiality agreements and not to speak of, uh, of what they were going to spray out of their planes. Do we know what, kind of, what the, kind of planes are being, are these like tr- military transport planes, like a, a Hercules? Uh, what kind some of, of them? Some of them are C-130s, uh, uh, and some of them are regular commercial airliners that are, uh, are, have canisters on them with special spray circuits. 
in in the uh, usually in the um, what is it called the where people go to the bathroom and they hold that container. It's usually been converted, and then there are uh, interestingly there are there appear to be drones. Uh, UAVs unmanned that are <clears throat> up there and, and look like commercial airliners. Uh, and then, of course, military flights occur at a, a different altitude from commercial airliners. So that has to be worked out. But always when they're picking up people on the uh, various flights on the radar at the, uh, at the air, air uh, ports, they have been forewarned that certain of them are military. It's uh, it's a an experimental operation, and to just let it go. All right, let's and grab a phone call here. People uh, people done. are anxious to talk to you, Alana. Let's welcome Tara from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Tara, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Oh, thank you so much, and um, I just wanted to thank your guest very much for having the courage to expose um, this very serious issue. And um, I guess my question that comes to mind is, does she, is she, are you aware of any souls that are very um, courageous, as in, say, celebrities or Congress members that are speaking out about and exposing this issue to the public? Because it's just so depressing. Are you, and you're in Canada, right? Yes, um, yes. And it's just yes, so in your depressing. country I can't speak to, but um, certainly down here we have had several people who have attempted to speak out and have one way or another either been marginalized or silenced. Dennis Kucinich comes right to mind, uh, and he was, he was the first person to bring the... Space Preservation Act of 2011. I'm going to jump in here, Alana. We're going to take another time out, and we'll get the rest of your answer after the break. Tara and Hamilton, hold on. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. The top of the hour is nigh, so if you want to get in with a question or comment for Ilana Freeland as we talk about chemtrails, now is the time to do it. Uh, Tara and Hamilton called in wondering if there are any uh, vocal supporters, uh, high-profile vocal supporters in the United States. Ilana, you mentioned former Representative Dennis Kucinich, who spoke out, in fact, I believe um, uh, authored or co-authored this, uh, this, this bill uh, to prevent the weaponization of space. Uh, so continue along uh, with, with, with that comment. Yes, and it, uh, that was in 2001. And here, in order to uh, kill a bill, you put it in committee uh, and then just let it uh, evaporate there. And that's what happened. He brought it out three times. And um, the second time, he had to eliminate all mention of chemtrails. And he had had it in the uh, first bill. And he had had it under the same weaponry uh, that goes under the title of covert weapons. So that was eliminated the second time. The third time it was eviscerated even more, and the fourth time even more. And finally it just sort of disappeared. You know, and other uh, than that, uh, there, is, there is more action in Europe than there is here in the States. And, and, and I assume in Canada, or I think I would have heard, um, the Australians and New Zealanders 
are the most active of all uh, that I know. I hear from them. I'm on one of their uh, lists, and I get a lot of material from them. They are on fire, and they are doing protests in in their cities, uh, but nothing can stop it. This is the most interesting part. Well, I was sorry. I'm sorry to hear you say that because that was my next point. Is you know, as we draw to <laughs> yeah. a close here over the next ten minutes, I was hoping that you could leave us with some some good news. Okay, so let's assume that we can't you know wrest control of these C-130 transport planes and stop the spraying. At least there must be something we can do to perhaps I don't know boost our immunity and protect ourselves from the ill effects of the spraying. Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, I hope to include several ideas that have been given to me by people. For myself, I, I have my own plan. And what has occurred, what occurred to me as a sort of illuminating moment was that the animals that, um, uh, people eat and their dairy products, that these animals are breathing the same air I am and that I would do well to minimize, one, eating the animal, and two, eating what they have discharged through their their milk, their butter, their cheese, especially on heavily sprayed days. And a lot of people don't even look up to know when that is. And, of course, that would be the first thing I'd say is start looking up. Start figuring out the cloud configuration. And someone I would recommend on the Internet who puts up a lot of YouTubes was a weatherman. You, pro- you probably remember his name is uh, Scott Stevens. Yes, former weatherman in Pocatello. TV weatherman. Yeah, out of Pocatello, Idaho. he gives Idaho. a lot of ideas. He's great because looking at the clouds and how to read them. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy. He was a former weatherman who basically had to quit in good conscience because he said, "I couldn't, with a straight face, give the weather anymore." Once he figured out, he said that (laughs) it wasn't just some weather being manipulated; it was all of the weather being manipulated. Yes, yes. And the other thing I would say, Richard, is that we must educate ourselves. We must, and to me, it's been so exciting to do the research. There aren't that many books. There was the Harp book in 95 by Nick Begich. There was another book by Jerry Smith in 98. There was uh, Rosalie Bertel's book in 2000, Planet Earth, The Latest Weapon of War. And then Jerry wrote another book, Weather Warfare, in 2006 before he died. And I have questions about that. Um, so there's, there's books, but mainly on the Internet, there are some amazing people doing incredible research. They're doing Dopplers. They're examining them. They're, they're, they're on it. They're looking at HARP every day and when HARPstatus.com and what HARP is doing. Is it fired up? They're examining various storms. Um, this is a real democratic movement, and I'm excited by it, even if I, have a, I live in the country that has a military that can't be stopped. I feel nothing but hope that an error will be made and that the people will be ready because we will be educated to know what to do because we have studied this technology. We must learn about this technology. Well, hopefully there are a few uh, patriotic flag officers who know what's going on, disagree with what's going on. There must be, and, and who are willing to, I don't know, at some point step in and put a stop to this. Or am I being naive? Well, they're putting their lives on the line. I mean, so many, as you will remember, back in the 90s, 
and the early 2000s, so many microbiologists and, and various uh, geneticists uh, had very strange deaths. Yeah, they turned face down, found face down in the Potomac River, I guess. So many. Oh, I, I mean, I have a list of two dozen, and I'm sure that's not all of them. So I can't expect the experts to come forward. Uh, we have to do it. We have to study. We have to learn to think. We have to talk to each other and correct each other. Like when I'm putting this book out, I'm sure I'm going to make some errors, and I expect people to correct me. You know, we have to do this as a democratic action because we are under force. Whether we can see it, whether there's soldiers in the street or not, we are under force now, and I certainly am in the United States. So let me see if I understand this correctly. So once you, you uh, uh, basically uh, send all these particulates into the atmosphere, uh, mm -hmm. aluminum, barium, strontium, then you fire up HARP, which is yes. superheating the ionosphere with, uh, with these ions, I guess. Uh, well, what you're doing is you're activating the plasma up in the uh, ionosphere, and plasma is the fourth state of matter. It, a lot of people say it's a gas. No, it's not exactly a gas. It actually has a gas, a substance fluid nature. Right. And that, it, once it's activated, then it, they, bur they pop out a bubble in the ionosphere, which is scary enough. And then that's a vacuum. It sucks up our atmosphere into the plasma ionosphere. And then that is then circulated back down and brought here to, uh, to interact chemically with the heavy metals being laid by the chemtrails. Right. So that any part can be activated. I mean, you're right. They're doing this over every NATO country. I, I know guess, that. I'm just wondering as how far precise as China it is. China and Russia, I don't know. I'm just wondering how precise a weapon is it? Like, for example, I've heard things like that they can move the jet stream around now with HARP. But yes, could they? Definitely. Could they, for example, you know, during the Iraq War, the Gulf War, the first Gulf War, there were stories uh, of um, entire, um, you know, brigades uh, from Iraq's mm -hmm. uh, army basically throwing down their weapons. They were they were out of their minds. They were so confused and disoriented. Uh, and it was suggested that this was being done uh, with HARP. Uh, can HARP yes. be used for mind control? Yes, and, and I hadn't gotten that far in my list. That is definitely one of the large parts of this. And you're asking how it can focus. It focuses by mirrors and by all the towers, the Gwen Towers, the Cell Towers, the Next Rads. Uh, we even have a mobile tower called an SBX-1 that was parked off of Florida just before uh, the hurricane happened in Haiti. So we have many, we have a web of, uh, of towers of uh, transmitters and receivers waiting for HARP to ionize all these metal particulates that are in our atmosphere, activate them, ionize them, and then the HARP steering mechanism with mirrors on HARP and on the satellites beginning to uh, reflect those in the direction they want to push it. And that includes the jet stream. I mean, uh, it's an amazing weapon. What can I say? This puts radiation in the shade, and it can only end badly, as you and I know. 
But meanwhile, we must learn about what we're breathing, what we're living around, and I haven't mentioned the diseases that are being piggybacked on all these nanoparticulates being activated in our environment. Morgellons is one of them, and people have heard that term. There are many diseases being, uh, that will be piggybacked Right. Uh, yes. On well, these particular. I've been meaning to do a show for some time on Morgellons. That, that's one of those strange uh, ailments that not even doctors are willing to, to you know, to, to diagnose. Uh, and, exactly. And, and, uh, and when you see the Morgellons, which I have because I'm very good friends with Clifford Carnicum, who is probably most expert uh, of all, and you can see his materials at CarnicomInstitute.com. Uh, he has many papers and many photographs. Um, Morgellons is nanoparticles, nanofibers that are coupling with the iron in our blood. And some, my guess is we all have breathed in the fibers, but obviously not all of us have the fibers crawling out of our skin and, and under our skin. There's some other element which I believe, and I cannot prove it, but I'm going to argue for it in the book, that this, because some of these nanofibers have microprocessors in them, if you can imagine, they're already tiny, 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 and then they have microprocessors, that these can be activated remotely, and boom, suddenly you've got fibers crawling out of your skin. I mean, this is all uh, sort of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, terror of experimentation, but it isn't like we haven't had it before. Non-consensual experimentation on American citizens is sort of uh, de rigueur. This is how they've done it since I was born. Well, yeah, I mean, back in the, uh, I guess, the 30s, we had the uh, Tuskegee Airman syphilis uh, experiments, but now it's like, writ large, all of us now are in the uh, in the petri dish all of us are being poked and prodded and experimented upon without our consent this is we are living literally in a prison planet ilana we are and i wanted to say that for the sake of the country that my immigrant uh, grandmother taught me to love that <clears throat> america is the hand on this weapon but the brains behind this hand uh that's something different. And I would look to the Bilderbergers. I would look to Council of Foreign Relations. I would look to the major central banks. I would look to IMF, World Bank. So, in other words, this is, global, <clears throat> this is globalization. This is what it is. We all thought it was going to be, oh, it takes a village to raise a child. No, this is what globalization always was in the minds of those who planned it. Hurt us into the cities uh, where we can be controlled and uh, experimented upon and uh, and kept. Not it's not about necessarily depopulation so much as keeping us uh, all sort of at a, at a level of a, a chronic illness uh, where we're dependent yes, on upon because the, the pharma, big pharma, and the big medical uh, industry, they need dollars. I mean, everything is a business model under capitalism. And um, the other thing I wanted to say when I was telling you about the derivatives, the we got about derivatives thir- we got about, is, remember, 
disaster creates lots of jobs, and this is how they're going to boost the economy after they scrape the cream off of it. Lovely. All right, Ilana, uh, a real pleasure having you on the program. We'll um, we'll bring you back on. Uh, you are just a treasure trove of information, and I appreciate you taking the time tonight, Ilana Freeland. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. All right. Please visit the website, richardserrett.com.